the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 19 presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object. He is not best friends with Vader, but he is the kingpin, <laughs> Ryan Malonis. That's a different Malonis brother who is uh, very good friends now with the legendary Big Van Vader. Uh, I, I, I was very disappointed I didn't get a picture with Vader and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, but I did, however, uh, <laughs> to, a, to a mutual friend of ours, Brutal Bob Evans, tell the story of uh, me telling Tommy Dreamer that Big Van Vader was my favorite wrestler of all time for some inexplicable reason because Big Van Vader has never been a favorite wrestler <laughs> of mine, ever. So. Yes, we've alluded to this many, many times. <laughs> but but this was uh, – we were at doing a camp at the uh, Chaotic Training Center, and Tommy Dreamer was a executive at the time, and he was asking people who their favorite wrestler was. And I guess your favorite wrestler of all time is – well, it is Hulk Hogan, <laughs> but I guess you didn't feel comfortable. I don't. Saying that. I have no idea why. Maybe because Vader is a big guy or whatever, and like I have no idea. But I said Big Van Vader, and I have no idea why I said that to this day. Uh, <laughs> I have no good reason for 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 saying it. Um, but yeah. So Big Van Vader is your favorite wrestler. And Big Van Vader's favorite wrestler is the Playboy Jimmy James. That, that would be correct. They had a big. The I was on a top rope promotion show Saturday nights, and uh, Big Van Vader was on it and uh, wrestled in a six man tag team match against Friday Playboy. night, right? Friday night, Friday night, right? Um, and wrestled against uh, the Playboy in a six man tag, and uh, they were fast friends in the locker room. So <laughs> oh I, 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 I believe Jimmy even helped uh, Vader pack his bag at the end of the night. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god maybe we'll have to have the playboy on sometime to talk about it brian good god no <laughs> <laughs> all right this podcast is available every monday on itunes podbean stitcher google play music TuneIn radio and of course at bdaradio.com now we ask please do something for the wrestling podcast about nothing be sure to subscribe to the feed on the podcast platform you're using right now and take a minute to rate and review us. Believe us, this is the best way to increase our exposure and to help this podcast grow. So please 
do us a personal favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the WPAN so you can download the podcast every Monday and take just a minute of your time and give us a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. Okay, Brian, on today's show, since the start of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, Brian, we've talked almost exclusively about the big company. And Brian, we're not even going to use that company's name today. For today's podcast, those three letters are banned. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> They're banned. <laughs> so instead, on this episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, episode 19, we're talking about the best of the rest in the world of pro wrestling. And the guy to help us do that is the host of Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, our friend, Mike Mills. Mike will help catch us up on TNA Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and everything else out there. So stay tuned for that. Also, of course, we've got Merv Griffin time, a promo about nothing, and so much more. But before we get to all that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Oh, boy. Bobblehead D-Lo Assembly? <laughs> what? <laughs> Brian, 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 while being a part of a website that assembles and sells D-Lo Brown Wobblers would be our and Warbeard Hansen's dream come true. Unfortunately, that's not the real deal now. BDA Radio means you're looking at the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, uh, the major wrestling company, and much more. Get the lowdown at BDARadio.com. Brian, how are you feeling about that? Oh, I'm thinking when I go to BDARadio.com, I'm looking at the real deal now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bob the head dealer, that, that wasn't a reach at all, was it? No, uh, you know, not a reach at all. But m- maybe for that one, uh, your your lovely bride will kick your sorry ass out on the street. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on, it's part of the song. You know, Are you even getting that? No. That was a good reference. That was damn uh, good. And, and, and Warbeard Hanson's going to appreciate that reference. <laughs> All right, Brian, we are joined now by a good friend of the podcast. He's a former wrestler uh, down south, and he's the host of his own excellent pro wrestling podcast, Booking the Territory. You can find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and any place else. And he's got a new podcast coming soon we're going to talk about. So please welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing. Mike Mills. Mike, how are you? I'm good, Crockett. How are you, man? Uh, uh, Malonis, how are you, man? This is about the fourth or fifth time it feels like I've talked to you. Actually, it's the third, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm having like deja vu because I could have sworn we did this already. Yeah, Jesus Lord, uh, I do too. It feels like I fell into a pit <laughs> hole of uh, deja vu as well. Yeah, let's uh, pull back the curtain here. This is the... Uh... First time that we're doing a uh, like a third party in in our Skype calls, Brian. We've done this like once or twice uh, for the podcast, and we brought in uh, Mike here. And uh, there's a little error on my end with the recording. So first <laughs> it was all crackly and awful. Then the end of it was cut off. So we're back again, and we're gonna do it again and act like we're talking for the first time, right, guys? Right. We're like the Backstreet Boys. 
Huh? Oh my God, we're back again. Huh? Oh my God, we can, uh, we can edit that right out. Oh my God, a terrible <laughs> reference. All right, Mike, let's do this. That's great. So, how'd you get started uh, in wrestling? You wrestled like in the mid '90s, right? Yeah, mid '90s through uh, through mid 2000s. Um, you know, I, when I was in college uh, in '94, I, I met a guy who was who was in the business doing the indies. I mean, he was a local guy, so no one no one big time or anything. And um, he was he was working shows, uh, you know, early to mid '90s down south in in southern Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, all along the Gulf Coast, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, Texas, and he um I. I I'd always been a wrestling fan. I mean, I grew up watching Mid-South Wrestling in New Orleans, and we also got world-class out of Dallas with the Von Erichs. So it was two hotbeds in the, in the early 80s. I mean, if you talk to anyone who knows anything about wrestling history, they'd pretty much tell you the Mid-South Territory uh, and, and world-class in that, in that time frame was, was super hot and on fire. So I was, a, I was a wrestling fan growing up. And then, you know, from there, um, I met this guy, and, and uh, I didn't, you know, take him. I didn't, not that I didn't take him up on offer. He didn't offer me anything, but I, it crossed my mind to say, man, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, trying to be a professional wrestler. Now, keep in mind, Crockett Malone, yeah. I'm five nine. I'm not a big guy, and I'm only at that point uh, maybe two hundred ten pounds. I was actually probably less than two hundred because I was right out of high school. Actually, now that I think about it. So yeah, man, I, I put it on the back burner. Well, I then ran into him. Again, uh, a few years, a couple years after that, I, I, you know, you know how time gets. You get confused. So I, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but I can tell you, I started training probably. I don't know if it was late '95, early '96, and then I started working shows. Um, this was a school had no. It was not a, you know, a prominent school to be honest. But like I was mentioning the first time we talked, um, about maybe a year and a half after I had started you know, training at the school and then working shows, um, the California stud Rod Price from Global shows up on the scene, uh, Global Wrestling Federation, if anybody was familiar with them in the, the 90s on ESPN. Oh, yeah. You know, Rod was uh, Rod was actually Stone Cold Steve Austin's first tag team partner. So, um, yeah, I, I met Rod and, and started training with him a little. He was, he was at the school and, uh, you know, did a few shows with him. Uh, he would take me on the road with him a little bit. So I... Um, that's how I got in that. That's a, the short and sweet version of how I got into wrestling, uh, as a professional wrestler. And then, you know, go on now through the nineties and then early two thousands, kind of like someone else on this call. I, I probably got a little burnt out on professional wrestling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it wasn't, you know, I, it was two things. One, you know, it, it's hard once you get married and, and have kids and then two, you know, having a full-time job that was, was going well for me i just really wasn't advantageous for every single weekend you know trying to make a few bucks here and there because it's hard i mean malone as you know it's it's uh, everybody you know i always tell people go on my show go back and listen to that warbeard hansen story just go back and listen to it and listen to because not that not that his story is the most unique but it, it it paints a good picture of of the toughness and the grit and everything that it takes to make it so i had got to that point where it was like all right you know what i'm kind of burnt out on it it's it's probably time you know i'm i'm in my you know 30s at this point you know what it, it it's just look let's 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 look i had a fun ride it was enjoyable and here and here's where i'm at so then that led into a few years of hiatus of even pretty much watching almost anything and then one day my co-host at work you know we were talking about raw because we'd watch it every now and then and 
that led to us uh, eventually starting booking the territory. That's the that's the story in a nutshell between my short I don't even call it wrestling career, my wrestling adventures and um booking the territory the start of it in May of or June of 2015. So, how long have you been doing the podcast now? Uh the podcast like June of 2015 was when we when we first launched it and uh, open your open your ears, oh, Mike. Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. June of, June of 2015. That's a classic of an interviewer reading the question and not hearing the the response. No, I'm just I'm just jabbing at you, Crockett. Hey, Crockett, I was I was a heel most of my wrestling uh, adventures, so it was my job to uh, to jab at the uh, the the you know all too uh, not knowing referee who always seemed to favor the baby face. Hey, you know, the funny um, so thing is, Crockett's a heel in real life. So, oh Jesus. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so, so, so June of 2015, okay. All right, June, June 2015, I got it. It's in there. It's it's tattooed in my brain now. Okay. <laughs> now, before we move forward with like our, our topic for the day, uh, I want to make sure I give you time to talk about your story that we that you tweeted to us a while back. We had done an episode entitled "The Road," where we talked about road yes. stories, and at one point, I had. Me and Brian were driving back from Delaware overnight. I was completely uh, without sleep, going delirious, and I saw a giant metal fish hook in the highway in front of me. And that's when I realized I have to pull over and get some sleep. Now, you shared a similar story on Twitter. I want to see if you could share it here with us now on the podcast. Well, yeah, for the record, uh, Malonis, I'm not on drugs and never have done drugs, uh, even though I was accused of <laughs> Even though I was accused of such things on the wrestling podcast about nothing a few weeks back, I just got to get that on record. Uh, yeah, so so again, uh, it was a it was a Friday. I woke up at six a.m. and I had a show on Friday night and on Saturday night. And the Friday night show was a long drive, probably close to seven hours up in northern Alabama. And again, I'm leaving from New Orleans. So and it's me and two of my buddies that are on the road with me on the Friday night show. So. Again, wake up at six. I'm off from work so that we can we can head up to the show because that's what independent pro wrestlers do to to you know earn, learn their craft. And I get up to Alabama. We work the show. We leave Alabama probably ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and I'm on the road. I'm on the road all night. Well, the key to this story. So I haven't slept. It's since six a.m. on the road all night. I have to work on Saturday morning. I also have a show on Saturday night. That's about uh, maybe two hours away. I can't remember the exact. Uh, exact amount but anyway so i um you know i, I go to work i'm up i'm curious at work obviously because i've been up all night and then I get home you know bag still packed from the night before all smelly and you know wet wet gear in there you know you know the drill malonis <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah i hit the road Absolutely. and i hit the road and i go to this show in, in mississippi that's again a shorter drive but i'm by myself i'm okay on the drive there because it's there's still daylight work the show Get back on the road. I'm by myself on this dark road, Mississippi, and I'm getting very delirious at this point. The 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 lines are starting to cross. You know, you got <laughs> the, the yellow stripe on the on the right that you know on both right sides of the highway. And again, I say yellow because Big Bird's yellow. And all of a sudden, it's it's not the middle of the night, but it's probably 11:30 or so. I just am getting delirious and cross-eyed and starting to doze off. And all of a sudden, I see this 25-foot big bird running alongside the car. <laughs> and I know what I saw. It was a big bird. He was running alongside the car. 
<laughs> full sprint. He, he was doing probably a four two forty easily. I mean, he was he was flying past me. I saw him. And I'm like, okay, this enough is enough. I'm going to die and kill myself because I'm by myself on this road. It's dark. It was a major highway, but still, there's nobody there. It's the middle of the night. It's a Saturday night. Not middle of the night, but, you know, midnight or so. And I'm like, okay, I got to pull over, slap, you know, slap my face a few times, throw some water on my face. And yeah, so Malonis, I'm not on drugs. I saw Big Bird. So, <laughs> so for the record, as heard on the wrestling podcast about nothing a few weeks ago, Mike Mills is not. A, a a drug addict at all? Yeah, <laughs> the record has been has been set straight now. <laughs> yes, I mean, ne- ne- you know what? Next time Malona shows up at a WWE event, I'm going to send somebody else to take liberties on him as he's trying to do extra work. <laughs> <laughs> is this a reference to uh, Michael Tarver? <laughs> yes, it is. former member Michael- of the Nexus. Yes, if Michael Tarver hears this, Mike, you know I'm just joking with you, man. We're we're, we're good friends. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> Melotus and I told that story actually on ours as well uh, when we recorded on Booking the Territory a few weeks back. So anyway, that was just a jab. Uh, no, I appreciate it. It was, it was funny because you know when I heard that, I hadn't thought of that story in years. So it was like when you guys were talking about the fish, I was like, whoa, that <laughs> it like you know jarred a memory of, of right. just fun times that just you. You know, no one can relate to besides probably guys that have been on the road and, and done the same thing. Yeah, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the hell Crockett was talking about with the hook, though. I didn't see a hook. I mean, I felt well rested on that trip. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't see through your eyelids, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, uh, I listened to this past week's episode of Booking the Territory and uh, – you kind of seem as frustrated as Brian with the the big company, and as we've talked about, we're not going to use those three letters here today. After what you guys have been through, with the, <laughs> watching all the thirteen hours or whatever it is of content, so the, those three letters are banned today. Uh, so I'm here to help you guys out. We're going to talk about anything but the big guys. We're talking about the best of the rest here today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, you know. So Mike. Hold back. No Sasha Banks talk today. Uh, what? I, I sincerely apologize. We're you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm, I got, I'm, a, I'm on the phone with you... one guy who's probably refed her matches, and I'm on the phone with the other guy who helped train her, and we can't talk about her? What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you, you, you got some time if you, want, if you have anything to say about Sasha Banks before we move forward. Okay, what do I got? 60 seconds, 120 what? Yes, starting now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, man. Um, well, first off, I've, I've heard that she's actually okay and, and not dying, um, you know, but uh, I, I just hope she's okay after that match. But secondly, yeah, man, I take a lot of flack from it, man. My wife can't stand when she comes on TV. She's like, oh, Lord, time for me to leave the room. Uh, I take all kind of flack. And on my show, you know, it's constant. You know, we do these top fives, and Doc Turner hit me with the other day. Is Sasha Banks going to be your number one on this list? And it's nothing <laughs> about women's wrestling, but yeah. Anyway, no, uh, Sasha is definitely one of my favorites out there now. Uh, she goes out there and puts on a heck of a show. And hey, I mean, she was trained by Malonis. I mean, you know, so what? You, <laughs> you know, go. she's going to be great, go. right? Well, yeah, man. Hey, Craig, I I just got to say, we got to stop having our guests talk about uh, about their favorite females because, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mike here gets in trouble for Sasha Banks. Uh, Somebody we know is also maybe quite infatuated with Bertha Faye. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, there was a couple episodes ago. We won't uh, mention Tarzan's name, but uh, oops. uh... (laughs) You son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I... 
I wanted to put a, a Sasha Banks fathead on my ceiling in my bedroom, but that one got nixed. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the big deal was. I mean, geez, you know, geez, I mean, you know, just a fathead on your bedroom wall. What the heck? I mean, yeah. All right, all right, so- we can we can move on from the topic. All right, I'm very upset that she lost the women's title. Though. Let me just say that, but we'll leave it at that. Well, she'll uh, she'll be back in better than ever, I'm sure. Um, oh. So I hope you don't mind, Mike. But uh, in the vein of your booking the territory top fives, we have a top five best of the rest. These are the stories that we haven't been talking about on the wrestling podcast about nothing, but should be. So no WWE. Oh, I almost said it. No, no best <laughs> company. No. T- <laughs> it's hard to do. Blowing man. your own There's spot. The largest company in the world. Um, yes, I'm blowing my own spot. I called the spot and I blew it. Uh, so, is this what he does in the ring, Malonis? Is this what he does in the ring when he's reffing? Is he uh, his spots like you that? have no idea? You have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I've so never had the work. I've never got to work with him. Didn't you screw screw uh, screw up a tag team championship battle royal finish one time, Crockett? Was that uh, you? That wasn't my fault. Wasn't my fault. At no. all. Oh, look at this guy! Can't even take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the top five best of the rest. Let's go to number five. The former Damian Sandow, Aaron Rex, coming to TNA. That's a number five topic. And before we even get into Aaron Rex, let's talk about TNA. Like, the rumors of TNA's demise have been around for years. Like, they moved from Spike TV to Destination America to Pop TV. They don't get the ratings they used to. Uh, but the people that watch the products, like Mike, who uh, talks about it all the time on the Book in the Territory podcast, he says it's probably like the strongest product they've had in a very long time. Is that true, Mike? I think so. I, you know, it, here's the thing. For the longest, we kept hearing rumor after rumor after rumor. You know, they're out of money. They, uh, you know, it's their demise is near, you know, towards the destination America. And it was like, oh, they're, they're going to be off TV. And, you know, if you're off TV, you basically have nothing at that point because they're, they're, they are a TV product shooting episodes in the, uh, in that, you know, basically soundstage. So, yeah, man, they, they you heard it. You hear rumor after rumor, and then all of a sudden, you know, January comes, you're on Pop TV, and I have to say, for, you know, last eight months or so, it's been a good programming. Everything they do matters. I'm not going to say everything is always entertaining, because that would be, you know, a, a, a false statement. There's some angles, obviously, that you'd look at and go, eh, well, I'm not too much buying into that, but unlike the big company that we won't name, you know, who's rolling out five hours of programming a week without the pay-per-views or, or network specials, Everything that TNA does from a from a point of matches in the ring, they all matter. I mean, it's it's it goes along with some type of storyline. They're not just throwing two people or three people or four people in the ring. That really doesn't mean anything. That's just filling up TV time because, again, they only have two hours of fill each week. So, yeah, I think the product's good. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, they don't have this now, but they had beer money with when James Storm came back and Bobby Roode, who's now left. But they had that going. They, the Decay is probably one of the creepiest and weirdest and most interesting uh, factions you've seen. To me, they do the Wyatts better than the better than that company lets the Wyatts be the Wyatts with the creepiness of it all. Because WWE, uh, there I said it, they could push the envelope with it, <laughs> but they, they don't. Um, they really could do a lot more with, with that. But So, yeah, I think, I think they've done a lot of great things. The move to Pop TV, I know a lot of people aren't watching it, although the numbers are steadily increasing. Uh, it's getting better. And I know we're going to talk about Final Deletion, but that's another thing that drew a lot of attention to it. And while you may not have liked it, 
Um, you may have liked it, but while you may not have, it definitely helped to put more eyes on the product and, and made people take notice of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a little later in the top five. Yeah. No, no spoilers. But uh, now, <laughs> what do you think about the move for Billy Corgan replacing Dixie Carter as the president and actually Dixie Carter becoming the chairman or chairperson of TNA Impact Wrestling? Do you think that's like a vanity move? Uh, I don't quite yeah. really understand what is happening with that. Yeah, I don't understand it either. And, and like I was saying, um, when we talked uh, the other day, is it, it's funny. She she's she's taking a step back, but you know, before matches, they're still plugging her Twitter account at the bottom of her screen. You know, so if I got any <laughs> criticism of of Impact Wrestling, it's that. Um, you know, just that it, to me that that screams, "Look at me, I'm still here." You know, and and I'm not talk. I'm talking about post since they made that announcement, not pre, because they they would always flash it. You know, even back then, but now they're still doing it. So it's like, okay, you've taken a step back, but I still get your Twitter account flashed on the screen before a match that has nothing to do with you. That just screams, I think, I think "Hey, I'm it, here." Yeah, I mean, I think for them with Dixie Carter, there, it's it's the. I, I think the biggest one of the biggest mistakes that TNA has always continued to make, and that and that's being, you know, the the big company light. Um, you know, and, and, but the one thing, say what you want about the overexposure of the McMahons on TV, um, all are, are actually really compelling characters and, and, and great performers. Yeah. Um, Dix, Dixie Carter is not <laughs> like, no matter how hard no, she tries, she's, she's not a compelling TV character. Right. And Brian, you were saying before how you weren't even aware that you had pop TV until a couple of weeks ago, right? Right. So I actually, I actually, um, searched it out because um, I did want to start watching, you know, make sure, you know, watching it and starting to get a feel for their product. And uh, so I, I did like a search on my Xfinity remote and I was like, oh, well, I do have Pop TV because I didn't think I had it. Uh, the only other thing I know that's on Pop TV is Big Brother After Dark. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, it Pop TV is definitely not the, uh, it's not the Rolls Royce of cable television networks, that's for sure. <laughs> it is not. No, they, 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 they show reruns of, uh, I think, 90210, and my other co-host, uh, Hardbody Harper, was, he was like, bruh, when I found out it was on there, I was like, score, because evidently he was watching 90210 <laughs> or something. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I think, man, uh, I think Baywatch as well is, is coming to uh, Pop TV. So That's, that's great programming there, so man. So that's something. <laughs> right, you're so a big 90210 fan right mike of course Rocket. from back in the day yeah i watched that in college uh well actually i was in i was in grade school at the time brian i was you know i'm a, I'm a young man um but anyway let's get to let's yeah let's get back to uh aaron rex um so he made his debut and he's kind of dropped the whole sandow mannerism it seemed like he's more like i mean brian kind of like the guy we know or from back in the day he's just kind of seems like Aaron. Do you think this, the fact that he's not doing the Sandow kind of intelligent, uh, big words kind of character, do you think that's going to help or hurt him going forward in TNA? Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if he just becomes kind of this generic guy, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what, it, what it's going to do. I mean, the one thing is he's very talented on the mic. Uh, he's obviously very articulate. He, he's, he's a good performer in the ring. But now, obviously, TNA is positioning him as a main event guy. Uh, can he be a legitimate main event guy just kind of dropping all those things that uh, kind of got him over and, with, w, you know, with the big company's fans? Um, 
I, I don't know. I guess I mean a lot. A lot remains to be seen, but the, I mean that that first promo he did, I thought was I thought was good. But again, here they are. Here we go again, acknowledging the existence of that big company. I, I don't know why they feel the need to to do that. People knew who he was. I don't think you have to sit there and re-explain it. I, I think most of the fans watching it knew who he was, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the jury's the jury's still out. I think he has the I think he has the talent to get there to be a the legitimate main event guy. But you know, the jury's out still. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking about Aaron Rex so far? I like the I did like the promo, even though he even though he did say he's not going to talk. It wasn't about his former employees, but then he went on to say it's not about authority figures here. It's about you know real talent, you know real people who can who can who can make a difference. Uh, those weren't his exact words, but you know that's kind of in a nutshell what he was saying. Um, I, I I agree with Malonis. The jury's out, still out. It's you know he's only been I think on their TV now three weeks as we record this, so there's right. obviously more to come to what it ends up happening. I mean, it, it's obvious he's now he's in this um, he's in this feud now with uh, Galloway. So uh, we'll see what happens from here. There, but the jury is definitely out. Yeah, they're positioning him uh, pretty strong going forward. So I guess we'll have to keep an eye on uh, Impact Wrestling every week on Pop TV. So let's move on to number four. Let's talk about Ring of Honor's relationship with New Japan and now with CMLL in Mexico. The great thing about Ring of Honor the past few years has been their relationship with uh, New Japan, and that's where Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura kind of made their names, mostly. So with this New Japan deal, the the Bullet Club gets American exposure, and the Bullet Club is kind of, I mean, basically the club in the big company is basically a ripoff of the Bullet Club that originated in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, with this deal with uh, Ring of Honor, they get Okada, who's like a big name in New Japan, Tanahashi, Shibata, Kushida. Um, So people expect these New Japan stars basically when they go to a Ring of Honor show. And sometimes they don't have these New Japan stars. Sometimes there is no New Japan presence. And those shows don't seem to draw as well. So, I mean, this relationship is a great thing for Ring of Honor. But it seems like they're so um, connected, Ring of Honor in New Japan, that when they have those shows with no New Japan stars, they just uh, it's harder for them to get a full house. What do you think so far about the New Japan and Ring of Honor relationship, Mike? Yeah, like when I think of when I think of ROH New Japan and the CMLL relationship, to me, it's like the old global. It's like it's like a global territory system, which would be similar to you know what was done with the NWA many many years ago before the territories evaporated and Vince you know decided to uh, basically destroy them all. In my opinion, at least. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, that's how I look at it. I look at it as the the the, the old. The, like what's old is new again, and now they have this global territory with uh, ROH and New Japan and CMLL. Now I do, I do like what ROH and New Japan do together, and I think like the key to this is how they introduce the CMLL aspect of the relationship. Because unlike with New Japan, where I know who these people are from watching the Access TV weekly show that they do, um, I don't really know who the personalities and wrestlers are from CMLL. I know who what CMLL is, but. You know, I haven't followed it, and I don't know who these who these folks are. So that'll be the interesting part of it: how they how they you know intertwine the ROH guys with the New Japan guys and CMLL guys. Because I mean, just in ROH in general, I mean, they've got enough people I would think on their roster that you know you don't see a bunch of their people every single week on their television shows. So how do they mix in New Japan and CMLL all together? So yeah, I look forward to that part of it. 
So, yeah, it seems like on last week's uh, Ring of Honor television, they introduced one uh, CMLL guy, Stuka Jr., uh, made an appearance. And they did announce for the Ring of Honor's next pay-per-view, All-Star Extravaganza, which uh, coincidentally is coming to Lowell, Mass., which is right down the street from me on September 30th. They did announce that Dragon Lee, uh, who is the 2014 Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year, he's coming in for that show. Uh, I mean, WWE wanted this guy for the Cruiserweight Classic, and he is coming to Ring of Honor. So they made that one announcement so far for the All-Star Extravaganza. So it seems like they're doing something similar to what you're talking about, where they're slow burning this thing and introducing uh, guys one at a time, because as you said, they're, yeah, they're not as familiar to the uh, American public as the New Japan guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think of it like kind of like an indie guy who shows up on, you know, NXT or even ROH that they're, they got to build up because just the you know, the, the audience hasn't seen them. They wouldn't know what to think. So that's how I kind of like look at it. All right. So speaking of Lucha Libre, let's talk about number three on our top five best of the rest, Lucha Underground. Now, uh, I don't think any of us here get the L Ray Network. Is that correct? I do yep. not. <laughs> yeah, no. So we haven't seen the week-to-week product, but we hear great things about it online. There's like a, a huge community of people online that love this, uh, love this presentation. It's a much different presentation than any other pro wrestling out there. It's kind of like a, a serialized pro wrestling program. So we did watch two matches. They, they do have matches uh, in full available online on YouTube. And we watched uh, a couple matches from uh, Ultima Lucha Dos, which is kind of like their WrestleMania. They close out each season with these uh, Ultima Lucha shows. And um, Brian, what did you think about uh, what we saw? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean. First off, one thing I said: you hear all these great things about 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 Lucha Underground, and um, I think the one thing where they're really smart is they have actually just decided to be a true alternative to the big company. Like they're doing something completely different. So I think that's such a smart move to position themselves uh, in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this. I mean, it was, it was Prince Puma and. Uh, and Rey Mysterio, and I must I must stop, and I, and I did it I did it in the first recording, so I got to do it with this. How about that ring announcer? She's good, uh, lord. She's a very passionate <laughs> woman. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. To say the very least, but uh, I mean the, the match was good. I mean the match was good. I mean nothing I really can say about the match. I mean the two guys are, are phenomenal, but I think I, I like the presentation. Um, I like the feel of it, like the the where they shoot it and. The whole thing just had and has like such a different feel, and they are like trying to be a true alternative to what everybody is used to, and, and I, I just think that's so smart. And to be honest, we didn't really get the full presentation with these two matches because uh, I mean, everyone talks about the backstage segments that they record that, that are almost like cinematic, so we didn't get the chance to see all that stuff. Mike, how much of Lucha Underground have you really seen? I've only seen a little bit. I tried to scour the internet and YouTube for episodes, you know, online that I could watch in English because I used to get season one in Spanish on uh, a local station in the Dallas Fort Worth area. But, you know, it was kind of hard to follow along. I speak a little, but not enough to really not enough to really get into the storyline and understand what was being communicated. So, but I, I like the product. I, I agree with Brian. I, they are a true alternative to that large company. They do things different. They take criticism because of that from some of the, you know, quote unquote experts or, or old timers in the, in the industry that, 
don't find it to be really professional wrestling. But to me, it is. It's a professional wrestling program. They just do it differently than everyone else and you have to give them kudos for that we're going to talk about the whole final deletion thing but i think it was i think that's a part of what lucha underground uh went for and then you know you talk about when you talk about lucha underground steve austin i've heard a few times on his episodes where he just you know raves about it and loves it and he binge watches it and i'm the type of guy i do like to binge watch tv shows when i'm doing cardio um on a treadmill and i i can't wait for it to get to like netflix or hulu one or the other where i can binge watch the episodes because i think it would be really interesting to watch it you know from a cinematography standpoint Um, but i do have to disagree with malonis about one thing that ring announcer holds nothing on Sasha Banks. I mean, she's not even, <laughs> she's not even close. I mean, that ring that ring announcer is a flashlight, and Sasha Banks is a star. Oh my goodness! Come on, <laughs> that ring announcer is Muy Caliente, huh? <laughs> she, she is she is poquito caliente. Uh, so, but anyway, I, I God, I couldn't. I got I had to. I had to do it. But um, hey, the matches, the matches were good. But the thing is, we didn't get the backstory in the matches, you know, uh, because we, we didn't. We don't get the full episodes. And and I did, Malonis. I've scoured the internet trying to find them in chronological order, and just have not been able to do so. Yeah, me too. It, it, it's tough. They do. They do a pretty good job of protecting their stuff. I will. I will say that. Um, right. I mean, uh, they are. I, I looked yesterday. Uh, and they definitely do have them in the iTunes store, but. Uh, at, at like 40 bucks a pop per season. Uh, I don't yeah. know if the missus is going to be too happy if I, <laughs> <laughs> if I spin that. <laughs> Me too. Yep. I've run into I'll, that same thing. I'll, run, I'll write a letter to my cable provider demanding that they carry El Rey. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on from Lucha Underground. And number two, Adam Cole and the Bullet Club versus Jay Lethal. Now, this has been the top program in Ring of Honor for the past few months. Now, Adam Cole was banned from having a World Heavyweight Championship match. Jay Lethal was the ROH World Heavyweight Champion, but uh, based on the heinous actions of Adam Cole and the Bullet Club against people like Lethal and Kyle O'Reilly, Nigel proclaimed that Cole would never get a title shot. So the Bullet Club attacks Lethal, as I said, the Ring of Honor World Champion, and they shaved his head. They shaved, he's got the cornrows, Adam Cole and the Bullet Club shaved them right off of his head, and so that caused Lethal to beg uh, Nigel McGuinness, who is the uh, Ring of Honor matchmaker, to let him get revenge, and Nigel relented, and it was Lethal versus Adam Cole at Death Before Dishonor just a couple weeks ago, their last pay-per-view on August 19th, and on that show, Adam Cole defeated Jay Lethal, and became the new Ring of Honor World Champion. And they seem to set something up uh, with Kyle O'Reilly coming out and attacking Cole at the end of that show. And from the sound of things, Kyle O'Reilly should be challenging Adam Cole at the end of the year at Final Battle, which is uh, like basically Ring of Honor's biggest show of the year uh, in December. So going back to Lethal versus Cole, I know, Mike, you've uh, followed this closely with uh, Ring of Honor television. What did you think of the way this whole angle played out? They did that so well, and it was so old school. It was it was like a blast from the past with the way they would do it in the territories. I mean, you know, we've seen the – if you've uh, – look, I don't know how old you all – I know how old uh, Malonis is. I don't know how old you are, Crockett, but, you know, I'm born in 75. I was born in so 75, too. Okay, so I watched Mid-South in its heyday, and uh, whenever you mess with a guy's hair or you did some kind of hair match um, – not that this was a hair match, but that always, like, meant something. And these guys, when they were shaving – lethal's head because they're you know lethal 
invest so much in that hairdo. I mean, you know, it takes a while to grow that out. It takes a while to put the cornrows right. in. To me, that's what made it sell that much more. I, I told the story of, you know, my wife was watching this. She was like, why is he letting them do that to them? I'm like, well, it's his job for one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, why is he letting them do that? Uh, she was completely, you know, the, the, the fish hook was in her mouth, and it was, <laughs> you know, with it. So I thought it was done beautifully, man. I mean, they, 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 because, you know, I mean, again, this is not because it's a, it's like I don't want to say it's a part of his character, but it, because it's his, you know, it's his look with the cornrows to shave that off in that environment, the way they did it. I mean, it really drew in, you know, sympathy from the audience. So I like the way they did it, man. It was done beautifully. And uh, Jay Lethal had been a heel up until very recently. He was managed by Truth Martini until uh, a friend of uh, all of ours, Donovan Dijak, kind of took Truth Martini out. Um, so Lethal's kind of now a babyface. I'm not quite sure where they're going with him going forward. But, uh, yeah, this story, if you can go back, uh, I know at ROHWrestling.com you can uh, get a membership there and go back and watch all the old TV shows. I think this is something that you should probably go out of your way to take a look at. As Mike said, kind of, uh, you know, he's the authority on territories with this podcast, Booking the Territory. So this was something you should really go back and take a look at. And uh, Ring of Honor has been doing great things. And we're going to keep talking about uh, Ring of Honor going forward. I know with the the pay-per-view coming up at the end of the month locally that we're going to probably have some Ring of Honor guests on to talk about it. And I know, Brian, perhaps you might uh, be in attendance. And uh, I'm not quite sure the capacity. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll be there. I'll be there, <laughs> and, and uh, I will probably get a ticket, and I will be there as well. And I'm sure we'll have a, a full review. So I mean, this isn't just a hey. You know, the Playboy's looking for somebody to go with. Cry, oh, really? So. <laughs> it oh, certainly is. Oh so. my goodness. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to weigh the options there. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he, the thing is, he'll have to buy like two seats. I think. Oh, so. <laughs> how dare you! That's not nice. He's, he's your own brother. Come on. <laughs> but uh, like as I said, this isn't going to be like a one-time thing with this uh, best of the rest stuff because with Ring of Honor's pay-per-view coming up, we're going to we're going to talk Ring of Honor going forward. We're going to talk more TNA. Uh, we're going to get into some Lucha Underground, I think. And we're not going to stick with all WW uh, all the big company stuff. <laughs> that was very close. So yeah, so let's go to a number one. This is something that's had a lot of talk and. For some reason, we have never gotten to it. Our number one for the best of the rest is Broken Matt Hardy. And we watched the final deletion, Brian, back at the time that it took place. And we were ready to talk about it. But we've spent so much time talking about the big company that uh, we didn't leave ourselves enough time to talk about this. But now's the time, Brian. What did you think <laughs> of the final deletion with Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero? Well, yeah, we didn't talk about it, Mike, because you're a you're a long-winded bastard. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I I tell you what, um, you know, I I tend to like my professional wrestling base a little more in in realism, I guess. I don't know, like I like I like in ring the in ring content, but like I guess in more the more traditional sense. Um, but I I think this is not without merit. Um, it was something very different. Uh, a very different take on on a wrestling match, a very different take on uh, presentation, uh, and good, bad, or indifferent. This thing got people talking. I think it did their highest rating ever, maybe on pop. 
So, I mean, ultimately, it was a success for them, a complete success for them. Um, anything time you can get people talking uh, is good. Uh, overall, I think that the broken Matt Hardy character is very, very entertaining, very interesting. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. How long has the Hardy Boys been in the spotlight now for, wow. the, I mean, the better part of, what, 16, 17, 18 years? At least, yeah. Um, so for this guy to reinvent himself at this at this stage of the game, um, and NTNA still become you know he's NTNA, which obviously has a much you know smaller following and, and a much smaller smaller audience and platform, uh, still has the entire wrestling world kind of buzzing about him. Um, so a very smart move, um, you know that that podcast he did with Jericho in character was insane. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I, again, not, not particularly my cup of tea, um, but I still think a smart move and something that got people talking about about TNA, which is what they need. Yeah, and uh, Mike, you talked about it at the time, uh, Final Deletion, when it happened. What were you, your thoughts on Final Deletion? Well, one, either you loved it or you hated it, but there was uh, the other part of it is, like Malona said, you took notice of it, and I think that was the important thing to think of with it, because it did draw in people, and you may not have retained them all, but it did draw in people to watch the product. So I, I actually, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought, um, I actually thought they, they won up the big company because they did the final deletion, and it felt like, at least to me, that the big company tried to do it with the, um, uh, with the New Day and the Wyatts. So, yeah. Uh, the, like the very next week, although I had someone on Twitter tell me that they they claim they knew that it was recorded prior to the final deletion one. So I whatever, I have no <laughs> clue how to verify that. But anyway, I didn't respond to it. I just like okay, whatever, dude. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, I think they, I think they, I like that they did it. It you know the thing about it was they they reinvented Matt Matt. It takes a lot of guts to do what he did to reinvent that character, to me. Right. To me, because because you know, I mean, he's like like Malona said, he's been in his business for all that time, and yet, you know, he's. I mean, they've been around forever. It took some guts for him to to reinvent himself and to put himself out there in this character. And I didn't listen to the Jericho podcast, but just in watching TNA and watching his character and watch him, you know, do these mannerisms and speak in this manner, man, don't underestimate. That's hard to do what he's doing. To go out on TV and be a completely different person and not at some point lose yourself in that and say, like, like, you know, it's hard to speak in another character nonstop. So I have no doubt that Matt practices this often. You know, he like really perfected it. He needs to be commended for that. Yeah, and I mean, as much as people say that it's kind of big company light TNA, I mean, this is something that is completely different, completely uh, original. Maybe it has some, um, maybe some of it could be traced back to like, as Brian said, the Lucha Underground stuff, but it is for TNA, it's completely new and different and as you guys said, it's got people talking, and Broken Matt Hardy is probably, I would think, the the gimmick of the year, the most original, um, most talked about uh, character that's been in wrestling in a while now. Do you, you agree with that, Brian? Yeah, I mean it's 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 very different. I will say that um, the the accent apparently he claims is uh, the way people are going to talk in the future, uh-huh. <laughs> and so. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, the, the character, I dig. The character is, is something very cool. Um, and it's uh, for again, this is how you keep. It just shows goes to show how smart this guy is. He has found a way to keep himself at the top of the wrestling business. Uh, some, you know, again, you know, 16, 18 years into his national exposure. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, pretty, you know, pretty amazing. And um, anytime I think you see a guy get this sort of buzz and, and popularity, um, I know we're not talking about the big company, but you do start to wonder, is this, is this the road that's going to lead him back to the big company? So, yeah, that's, that's a question that, we can't really answer, but you never know, especially the way that they're taking guys from TNA, from Ring of Honor, from everywhere else. Um, but we're going to keep talking about this kind of stuff going forward. Uh, that was our That's our top five. Uh, we're talking about TNA. We're talking about Lucha Underground. We're talking about Ring of Honor. And what do we miss? Please tweet us at the WPAN or post on our wall, facebook.com slash the WPAN. What do you want to see us cover in the world of pro wrestling? Do you want more Ring of Honor? Do you want more TNA? Do you want Lucha Underground? Do you want more indies, local indies, New England? Let us know at the WPAN, and we will spend more time on this kind of stuff in the future. We've been inundated with stuff from the big company and the network, and we want to talk about more stuff. We want to be more diverse. So please let us know what you think and what we can do to make it a more diverse podcast going forward. So, Mike Mills, we're so happy that you came back for round two here uh, <laughs> to talk about the best of the rest. Um, we've been talking about here, we've been talking about a lot of alternatives to the big guys. And I think you kind of got a solution for us here. You are watching back a classic territory, a company that Jim Cornette uh, created hoping to revive territory wrestling. It's from the early 90s. It's called Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And you and Doc have been uh, watching these episodes, and you're going to talk about them, right, on the Book in the Territory podcast feed? Yeah, we're going to. So in addition to our, our weekly show that we do with Book in the Territory where we talk about, you know, TNA, w, I'm going to say letters, WWE, ROH, um, in addition to that, where we have those discussions about the, the those three organizations, we are going to do a separate show where because we are all about classic wrestling with our podcast, because we weave that into each and every week with our top five discussions, we're going to do what's called, uh, I guess you can call it Smoky Mountain Recaps or Reviews, where we're going through on YouTube, and if you just search Smoky Mountain Wrestling, you you can find a couple of uh, feeds on there with, uh, there there's a couple of guys who have loaded up all of these Smoky Mountain Wrestling episodes, and uh, one thing I didn't mention on the, the episode that we lost, uh, that we're re-recording <laughs> this on, is that um, everybody raves about ECW, and I'm not going to tell you from the beginning that Smoky Mountain Wrestling was ECW, but they did some things in Smoky Mountain Wrestling as they got into it with New Jack and Kevin Sullivan, um, not that they feuded, but just with those characters that you will watch Smoky Mountain Wrestling and, and say to yourself, huh, this is some edgy and crazy stuff. So as we talk about, you know, ECW had a cult following. Let me just tell you, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm comparing the two. Um, but it's an interesting walkthrough. It's a it's a it's a territory that was probably one of the well it was one of the last ones and it is a very underrated one because it didn't get a lot of publicity you know i didn't know anything about it um back then uh but i think if you watch it you know it starts slow so let me just say that you know it really starts slow so stick with it and you will enjoy especially if you're a cornet fan 
um, you'll enjoy it because Cornette is all over it. And he's a he's just a fucking nut. I mean, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> like you know, Cornette Cornette on these episodes is just crazy. Some of his one liners and zingers, he's doing commentary or he's doing you know promos. It's it's just insane stuff. So you'll enjoy it. It's um it's it's a it's a nice alternative and it it's reflecting back. Who knows if this is successful? Maybe we'll go back and do the same with WCCW. Maybe we'll do the same with Mid South. But we got a long way to go with this one because I think that promotion was around for four years. So we got we got plenty of time. Who knows? Anyway, so yeah, that's what we're doing with uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So as you said, yeah, on the network, the Smoky Mountain episodes are kind of they're not in order. They're not chronological. So you have to go searching on YouTube. You have to do a little you have to do a little digging to find a. There are some um, channels on YouTube, I should right. say, with uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, chronological from one to however many hundreds at this point. Yeah. So seek those out, watch those episodes, and follow along. Make sure you're subscribed to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast feed on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be hooked up with the Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. All right, Mike. Mike Mills, I appreciate it so much. you doing this twice now. <laughs> it's been uh, fantastic. We're really happy to uh, have you as a pal in the podcasting world, and hopefully we can do this again really soon. And we I promise my, we'll my only have up. to record one time next time. <laughs> I, got, I, I, got, I got two requests the next time I'm on. One, uh, let's do a top five on Sasha Banks. Um, <laughs> do a whole episode on that one. Um, what, 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 what do we say? Can we can we can we pull that off? <laughs> Let's try to figure out what it would be. Top, top five gear? What would it be? Top five matches? Yeah, we, top five anything. You know, we can throw in gear. We can throw in matches. You know, and Malonis. You know, being that he was there for a training. I mean, I'm sure he's got some some uh, some some interesting stories there. But no, um, no, nah, I'm joking on the top five with Sasha, obviously. But uh, <laughs> hey, real quick, I'm gonna do my best uh, Dixie Carter imitation and say and tell all the listeners out there. Um, if you enjoy the wrestling podcast about nothing, which I'm sure you do because you're listening to it now and you're subscribed to it, come check us out. We won't disappoint you. Um, between our top fives in the classic wrestling discussion we have, the WWE talk, TNA, ROH, uh, we really do like to have a good time. You know, we'll, we'll fill your ears with about two hours weekly. That's not including the Smoky Mountain uh, every two weeks episodes that we do. But we'll, we'll fill your ears two hours weekly. It'll help you get through your work day, hopefully, or whatever you do with your running errands. And follow us on Twitter. That's why I said I'm going to do my best Dixie Carter imitation. Sure. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> um, the uh, podcast Twitter feed is at BTT underscore podcast. Uh, I'm at Mike504Saints. And then uh, you can you can also follow us uh, or like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash booking the territory. And the best part about Facebook, that's where you'll find our pro wrestling tea store. You can click the shop now button and um, do us a favor. And uh, if you like the show, uh, show your support by picking up a, a pro wrestling tees, booking the territory podcast T-shirt. We appreciate it. And uh, again, um, Crockett and Malonis, I really appreciate you all having me on. Uh, it's It's been good having uh, uh, Malonis on twice on booking the territory. So I look forward to doing it again soon, depending on uh, what topics come up and, and uh, i've had a good time man i appreciate y'all invite me on as a guest well thank you buddy <laughs> brian this guy's a plugging expert he, he certainly is take the notes mike huh <laughs> i know really i got well, some yeah. work to do <laughs> so uh is there there's, there must be an inside joke there i mean i listen to you guys weekly but there's there's got to be some kind of inside joke with that evidently uh, crockett uh, must miss things sometimes 
It happens. It happens occasionally. I am I am the worst at screwing up my own bookings and uh, times and places. And uh, Crockett, Cro- Crockett actually tries to keep me straight on those. So uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if he's working with a heel, Malone is. I, don't, I I think you were a heel, but I mean, you know, when he's working with a heel, those refs miss things when it comes to heels all the time. So I mean, you know, <laughs> it figures. All right, Mike, it's been fantastic having you. Thanks again so much for your time uh, all weekend. And, <laughs> and we can't wait to hear you on the Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast going forward. Thank you very much. No problem, guys. Thank you. All right, excellent. Brian, what time is it? What time is it? What do you mean, what time is it, Mike? It's, uh, what time is it? <laughs> is it Merv Griffin time? I thought you were going to say it's Vader time. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I am not the close personal friend of Big Van Vader. That would be one Jimmy Malone has. (laughs) (laughs) But you are correct. It is Merv Griffin time, folks. The talk show within a talk show. It's our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. We want you to get in on it. Call our brand-new voicemail line. That number, 401 584 9726. That's 401 584 WPAN. And Brian, we've got an embarrassment of riches here. We've got three voicemails. Oh, I think that's uh, three times as many as a man walks into an arm bar has gotten their entire existence. <laughs> we love those guys. They're doing a great job over there, and we love them very much. So let's listen to our first voicemail, and it's your friend and mine, of course. Big Woody. Yes. Hey, Penn. Crack sucks. Big Woody. Checking in. Gonna tell you, I might be in a minority here. Probably am, but I never could get enough of Iakea doing promos. I'm not kidding. Loved it. It was awful, but I absolutely loved it. Anyway, that's my two cents. Thanks, Mike. Brian, last week on the show, we did our first Dungeon of Doom promo about nothing and of course that booming voice that you heard is king curtis iakea <laughs> and i mean the guy i guess could cut some decent promos i guess woody likes his promos not sure if he likes them content wise or if he just likes the way he sounds but He's coming to the defense here. Big Woody coming to the defense of King Curtis AK, who has since passed on. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think we were, um, you know, I, I don't think the actual, like, how he was presenting it was bad. I, I think we were more commenting on the just overall absurdity of of the Dungeon of Doom storyline. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, Big Woody, thanks very much for, he actually did also tweet us a link to a promo with uh, him and Kamala from... Uh, early days WWF when Kamala was the Ugandan headhunter uh, and King Curse IK was known as the wizard. So if you check on our Twitter, you know, obviously go back a week, but if you check on our Twitter, you can check out that promo and see what you think out there of King Curse IK's promos. Let us know on Twitter at the WPAN. Okay, our second voicemail. Uh, I'm not too sure about this one, Brian. Let's take a listen. Ooh, yeah. This is Macho Man uh, John. I was wondering, who, yeah, who would win in the fight out of George Costanza, who, yeah, and Newman. So, Brian, did you hear that? Yeah, I, I, I did. Um, I, I, I don't think it was the Macho Man, though. It was Macho Man John, apparently. <laughs> and he's saying, curiously, curiously, he's asking us who would win in a fight 
He's saying who would win in a fight. In a fight. It, it, it's very, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of tips me off to, I'm not quite sure. Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But he's asking us, let's just go with it. He's asking us who would win in a fight, George Costanza or Newman? What do you think? Oh. So George Costanza and, and Newman. Uh, I got to tell you, I would say I think. I think George would win because I feel like he would fight dirty. But I guess Newman would fight dirty too. I don't know. George seems scrappier to me, though. I think I think George Costanza would win. See, I just think Newman's got that poundage. He's got that weight advantage, and he could just smother the guy. George is busy flailing and and yelling, and he'll he'll just get himself right out of breath, and then Newman will just <laughs> sit on his head, and it'll be over. All right, well, looks like we're on opposite sides of the fence here, Mike. Definitely, and uh, thank you to Macho Man John for your excellent question uh, about who would win in a fight. Let's just move on from that. Okay, (laughs) the third voicemail, Brian. Here we go. Now, this might be familiar to you. Let's take a listen. Oh, so there I was, me and Mike Nice sitting there feeding the pigeons. My buddy Brian Malonis comes up to me and says, Hey, yo, you hear that podcast about nothing? It's a Seinfeld ripoff. So there I was, me and Mike Nice listening to the podcast about nothing with Clark Stock, the greatest referee besides Tony Seth. Hey, oh. All right, Brian. That is Mike <laughs> Nice. Apparently. A blast from the past. Yes, an old uh, compatriot of ours. We haven't seen him in quite a while i mean we saw a guy of similar stature later on in in chaotic wrestling but we haven't seen mike nice in quite a while if this is indeed mike nice i think it is what do you think i don't know i mean as i was listening to it there I, it it sounds like it could be a fake mike nice so i'm not i'm not sure hmm well mike nice hopefully you're you're listening to this and get back to us next week and uh and prove it Prove it. You're the real Mike Nice. Do it. We want to know. <laughs> the real Mike Nice. Let us know next week on Merv Griffin Time on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Okay, those are the voicemails, Brian. Much variety. And the other way that you can participate here at Merv Griffin Time is using the hashtag on Twitter. The hashtag is PDA for BDA. You can tweet it at BDA underscore radio or at Croc Socks, or at Brian Malonis. And so, the hashtag this week, actually last week, Sonny Goodspeed checked in, a friend of ours from the, uh, from the wrestling day, well, from my wrestling days, and I mean, you're still wrestling, but uh, Sonny's no longer wrestling. He says that he just finished the episode with Matt Spectro, and he can see the t-shirts now. It stinks! Tarzan hates wrestling. <laughs> I like it. I think we got a winner. Yes, definitely. Uh, Mark Green, uh, who's not a friend of yours. No, he is not. He, he has it in for me, Mike, at Atlantic Pro Wrestling. He says, despite his issues with the campaign, I think we can agree that, number one, Maurice, OMG. <laughs> and, and number two, New England lost a star this week. RIP DC. DC Dillinger, as we talked about last week, uh, passed away way before his time at 43 years old. Uh, New England wrestling star, D.C. Dillinger, a.k.a. Dave Cahill. Um, okay, Stephen checked in, as always, at guy 2004 Thank you very much uh, for checking in with us on Twitter. 
TK at T H O G at T hog 94 also checked in. Uh, Chad Alden. I don't know. Should we talk about at Chad Alden? Uh, you know what? They have their own damn podcast. <laughs> they sure do. But Chad of five thousand trying to piggyback off our uh, off our success. It's a wonderful podcast, though, Brian. It is a great I, podcast. They do it. They do a fantastic job. They're amazing gentlemen, and I think everyone should listen to it. Yes, I agree. And uh, there was also a post on BDA Radio, a a, a post on the BDARadio.com website. Uh, so Chad is doing everything he can to drag us down to the dirt here. We're going to take the high road, I think, Mike, on this one. We're going to take the high road. Because we love those guys. And we choose... <laughs> Not, Not the, the fight. fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian. Here's the one that we talked about on Twitter. Uh, you said you think you're going to get yourself in trouble. Oh, boy. You're going to get me in trouble with this one. <laughs> David Ratty. Let's just call this uh, the Dave Ratty question of the week because he always uh, <laughs> gives us great questions. He's the number one chaotic wrestling fan in the world. At Dave Ratman on Twitter, he says, In my opinion, Arch Kincaid was the best heel in chaotic wrestling history. Do you agree? And if not, who do you think was? Brian. <laughs> You're coming to me with this question? Yes. Who uh, is the best heel in Cat Wrestling history? I'm trying to figure out which part of my answer is going to garner the most, um, you know, anger from, um, I don't know about the fans, but maybe friends and uh, acquaintances alike. Mm-hmm. Um so, no, I don't think it's Arch Kincaid, although I, I will say this. I have, the one thing I have never done in my many uh, discussions about uh, Arch Kincaid on this podcast, I have never taken away from uh, his performance ability. He was a great performer, um, a, a really great antagonist, um, I will say. Uh, tremendous on the mic, um, just an interesting character. Um, um, but I don't think he was the greatest heel in chaotic wrestling history. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I can toot my own horn for a minute. Holy Moses, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. Um, I'm going to say that I am the kingpin Brian Malonis is the greatest heel in chaotic wrestling history. Uh, me, that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Don't give me the stink eye, Mike. You're not going to have me edit this out later? No, absolutely not. I, I, I firmly believe I, uh, I was the best young cat in history. That is the God's honest truth, and if anybody wants to be mad at me or make fun of me for it, well, at least have the common decency to tweet or text me directly rather than doing it in your crappy group texts or whatever you're going to do behind my back. At least talk to me about it directly. Oh boy, someone's getting a little salty. Someone's getting a little no, salty. No, 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 no. No, I just, I just know the way uh, certain individuals or, or, or people in this business tend to operate. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with having uh, confidence in yourself, and I'm very proud of my body of work in uh, in chaotic wrestling. Um, so, yeah. So at least, uh, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make fun of me behind my back, at, le- at least text me directly to do it. Uh, uh, who, who do you think, Mike? Let's. Why don't you put yourself out on a limb like I just did? I'll say uh, Randy Miller. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk uh, R.J. DeLuise, at R.J. DeLuise. And he, he says, uh, strangely, 
Thanks for the full commitment to part-time commentator, full-time friend. I'm not quite sure. Uh, he says uh, hashtag PDA for BDA and a hashtag PDA for RJ. So I'm not quite sure. Is he taking like a new tact? Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, we def- definitely did say we would have RJ on the show sometime. Um, it's not quite yet. We're very, <laughs> you know, we're, Back, we're, we're backed up. <laughs> yes. Uh, lots of big things coming. But I, I'm confident you will hear from RJ DeLuise as a guest on this podcast sooner or later. And uh, we love RJ. And uh, don't take it personally, RJ, please. We will have you on as soon as we can, really. Um, also, John Morse, at John, S-U-P-R-M-N. He asks, at Crocsucks, how long has your extended vacation been? And he says, at Brian Malonis, probably wants it permanently. <laughs> um, so my extended vacation has been since, I think, March of 2015. So it's been close to a year and a half. So it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There may be some uh, something coming up in the future that uh, I don't want to talk about just yet. Oh, but, uh, for now it's an extended hiatus. <laughs> little little teaser there, Mike, huh? Yeah, no, it's extended hiatus for now. Well, hey, who do you think's the greatest uh, senior official in Catholic wrestling history? Just wondering. Tony S. And speaking of Tony S, (laughs) Checking the Boots Pro Wrestling Podcast. Take a look at them. Go check out Checking the Boots with Tony and Chip. Uh, They do a great job every week uh, recapping all the shows. Uh, Also, the Hurricane Rana Podcast. Uh, Make sure you see them and listen to them. They do Facebook Live every Wednesday night. Uh, Do their show live in studio. It looks great. Sounds great. So check out the Hurricane Rana Podcast. Also, we heard from a couple of guys. We heard from Billy King, for one, who's an old uh, friend from pro wrestling, and he's checking out the podcast. Thanks very much. Also, Scott Gurren, uh, who is also a – I think he's out of wrestling now, but he's a uh, former wrestler, I guess, at this point. And he's uh, gave us a little shout-out as well on Twitter, and thank you for that, Scott. you have any shout-outs, Brian? Uh, you know, just want to shout out to Jimmy Malone's new best friend, Big Van Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and as Aussie also posted on social media, uh, his new also uh, second best friend, Kevin Nash. So Yes. And did you get to meet Connor? Okay, Fabe? I did. Yeah, I did. He bought a T-shirt. So uh, thanks, Connor. Really appreciate it. We did. We talked a little bit about uh, him being a, a future guest on this podcast. Uh, I didn't realize he was a local guy, you know, very close to us. Yes. So. Um, that'll be fun. We'll look forward to that. And hey, thanks for supporting the Kingpin and buying a T-shirt. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so my, kid, my kids can eat this weekend now, Mike. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. So we want to see you guys here on Murph Griffin Time. There's two ways you can participate, and we'd be so appreciative if you would use the hashtag PDA for BDA on Twitter. Leave your questions and comments that way, or call our voicemail line. Yes, it's 401 584 9726. 401 584 W-P-A-N. Thanks so much to everyone who is a part of Merv Griffin Time this week, and we look forward to talking to you on Twitter over this course of this week and hearing your voicemails, and we will bring the best of it to you next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Brian? Yes? It's now time for a promo about nothing. And in the vein of the theme of this week's show... We're veering away from the big guys. This promo 
is a little bit different. A lot a bit different. It's from Memphis, Memphis Wrestling, June 1991. But if you ask me, it looks like it's 1983. <laughs> it is, it's, they're a little behind the times, if you ask me. So let's take a look at this promo introducing a new character coming soon to Memphis Wrestling. Tagar, Lord of the Volcano. I thought you were going to say Lord of the Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be the judge. Take a look at this promo about nothing. I have roamed the galaxy in search of battle. Those who have crossed me have had their bodies broken and their blood spilled. Never have I looked back. Now I come in search of new gladiators to test me, Tagar, Lord of the Volcano. Bring me your best, and I shall leave them crippled and destroyed. I shall invoke the power of the volcano or the fire of lava. <laughs> the, the special effects are just on point in this, Michael. Yes, this is this is real. This actually happened on TV in Memphis. And as I said, it looks like it is early 80s. And this was 1991. And this guy made, uh, I believe, one appearance <laughs> after, <laughs> after this video on, uh, on the studio tapings in Memphis, and he was run off by uh, Bill Dundee, never to be seen again. You have to go check the link in the description, or you can go to bdaradio.com and go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page. You can find this video embedded there on the page, and you have to see this for yourself. It is the one of the worst productions I have ever seen. As I said, looks like it's an early '80s MTV music video. Just the 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 effect that they used on Tagar, <laughs> and it just you know what kind of kind of uh, kind of looks like is you remember the old um, not the the Masters of the Universe cartoon, but the Masters of the Universe movie that they did, uh, the live action movie. And I feel like he kind of looks like Skeletor from that from that live action movie. Yeah, go take a look at this, guys. You really, I mean the the audio is only half of it. You have to see what this fool looks like. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, that is your promo about nothing for this week. And Brian, from there we go on to your favorite part of the show. Yes, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours. Applying your trade as a professional wrestler, and there are dates, and you have them. I do, Mike, and uh, I can't believe uh, we've come to a point where, man, the summer is like over. Basically, this is, uh, yeah, this is this is depressing. This is our, our last uh, episode before we get into to fall and September, and uh, so I guess I'll just go with my September dates of this depressing. Uh, uh, depressing time of the year when, <laughs> when the summer is over. Uh, but I will be uh, coming to 
Wareham, Massachusetts for Top Rope Promotions on Saturday, September the 10th. Um, I, as of right now, I'm scheduled to wrestle Craig Costa. Are you sure uh, you want to mention that? <laughs> it's all, Hey, it's announced. It's, okay. on their, it's on their Facebook page. Uh, so go ahead, check out Top Rope Promotions on, uh, on Facebook for ticket information. I believe they sell their tickets through brownpapertickets.com. Uh, the next Saturday, the Saturday after the 10th, the 17th of September, I return to Atlantic Pro Wrestling to defend my heavyweight championship against a yet-to-be-determined opponent at the Newberry Firehouse, the APW Arena. Uh, go to AtlanticProWrestling.com for ticket information. Uh, fun, family-friendly uh, event, so a good time. And come out and see the Kingpin kick some booty. Uh, <laughs> I was keeping it clean for the kids, Mike. There you go. For the kids. Uh, and then I return to Brockton on Friday night, September the 23rd, for Top Rope Promotions. Another big event. No match announced there yet. Um, but the Playboy has joined me in top rope promotions uh, this past weekend. We did a we did a uh, he did a bit of a Pearl Harbor job on uh, on Nick Steele, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the Playboy has joined and the Malonis brothers have reunited in top rope promotions. Can you believe it? So. <laughs> Can't get rid of that guy, can you? <laughs> not for the not for the life of me. <laughs> But that's it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's my September dates. Hey, and if uh, you're a promoter out there and you want uh, to make your show better, if you want uh, the greatest heel in the history of chaotic <laughs> wrestling on your show, email me at brianmalonis at comcast.net. Tweet me at brianmalonis. Facebook me. Whatever. And you have T-shirts? Yes, T-shirts, 8x10. You have 8x10s? I do. They're lovely. They, they feature the, uh, the Kingpin Brian Malonis logo as well as the wrestling podcast about nothing logo. So uh, big thanks to, uh, to a good friend of mine who uh, helped out with that. Uh, do, you, do you know this person, Mike? Person who shall remain nameless. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, merch for sale. And uh, I can be on your show for a nominal fee. All right. Before we go, uh, should we give this shout out? Yes, we're taking the high road, Mike. Oh, yes, a special shout-out to the <laughs> podcast with little talent but lots of extra belly fat. A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast hosted by Chad Alden and Paul St. Emma Jr. Find them on BDARadio.com and please subscribe to them on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And this podcast will keep you awake all night. <laughs> yes, it will. They will not fall asleep. You'll be awake all the time and enjoying A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar. So find them at BDARadio.com. Okay. Be a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing on every platform. Go to YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. Search the WPAN and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the WPAN. The WPAN is now on Instagram, Brian. We are on Instagram. New, unique, exclusive photos every day at the WPAN on Instagram. Make sure you follow us there. And, of course, at the WPAN on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, follow our lovely sponsor at BDA underscore radio. Plus me, I'm at CrocSox, and the kingpin is at Brian Malonis. And, of course, use that hashtag PDA for BDA. And we get a shout-out on an upcoming show. Call us, 401-584-WPAN, and leave us a voicemail. 
And for all of your MMA and wrestling talk, it's BDARadio.com. That is your one-stop shop, BDARadio.com. All right, Brian, we're done. We're done, finally. Thanks again to Mike Mills of Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, he's the kingpin, Brian Malonis. I am Mike Crockett. And thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing.